You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode two of the Broadway Husbands podcast. I'm Brett Shuford. And I'm Stephen Hanna. And we are the Broadway Husbands. Woohoo! We are just your all-American married couple. Making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast network you listen to. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. At Broadway Husbands. Woo! And just a proud note to say that we are very, very proud to be members of the Broadway Podcast Network. That's right. BPN has all kinds of amazing podcasts for you to listen to, including us. Hey. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So we are at our second episode. Wow. And How far we have come so far. <laughs> Today... Our, we're really the goal of today is that we're going to tell you guys our coming out stories. Ooh, but first, when we give you, you're gay. Wait, you're gay? Just that last night. I didn't want to. Oh, just last night. <laughs> <laughs> After th- twelve years of being together, just last night. Well, you just no, came, yeah, we just came out right. to each other twelve years after being married to each other. <laughs> um, so today we're uh, actually want to give you a little bit of an update. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, we've had we've been making YouTube videos for a long time, and you can check us out there. In fact, some of the videos from our podcast will be on there as well as we continue to roll these out. Um, but we've also been vlogging for a while now about our journey to become fathers with an organization called Gays with Kids. So if you don't know gayswithkids.com, you can check out some of our vlogging on there. Um, but we are excited because we had to take a little bit of a pause a from our bit of a hiatus. baby journey yeah. and we are now actually back on the bus and we're mm-hmm. going to be uh, telling you guys more about that and what that journey is like for us. We're choosing surrogacy, so you'll learn mm-hmm. a, little bit, a little bit about what that is in another episode. Um, but we're excited to sort of update you guys about that. And I just got a new job. I'm going. What? To, yes. Yay. What is it? As of the time this uh, recording 
is live. I will be in the Broadway company of Wicked. What? Yells. That's so cool. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. And then we're also going to take you guys in another episode about our sabbatical we took from New York City last year when we moved to Charleston, South Carolina. And that's right. We were in Charleston all last year, and we will definitely be talking about that and letting you know how great of a place Charleston is and what our experience was living in the South. And why we came back. <laughs> <laughs> Brett was like a Southern soldier who took me past the Mason-Dixon. And I thought I wasn't going to come back, but I just had to come back up North. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Steven loved that joke when we moved down there because I'm thought from it was Texas the funniest thing ever. and he's from Pittsburgh and he would tell everybody he's just a southern soldier that came up here and took me back down but now <laughs> this Yankee took me back up That's above right. so here we are we're back in New York and we're doing episode two and and now our segment we call Spotlight, Spotlight on Love, love. all right so here's a question we got from one of our followers on Instagram here it goes I don't have a gaydar. Steven, what's a gaydar? A gaydar is something, a sense inside of you that goes off when you are next to somebody or close to somebody and you can tell whether or not they are gay. So as I get closer to Brett, as I scooch closer to him, goes, gay, 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 Yours is really loud. Oh, really? No, actually, mine isn't that loud. I think I have terrible gaydar, but that's what it is, right? Just in like... Okay, this is a total side note. So the, so our follower wrote, Said. I don't have a gaydar. I've never had a good one anyway. But Stevens clearly is uh, on par with that. And there, there is this really cute guy who comes through my check stand. Now, he comes through our the guy who wrote this check stand on the weekends. We don't know what a check we don't stand understand what that is, is. but, um, yeah, we were reading it and I was like, I don't know. We're just going to keep going. Yeah. We talk, but our conversations never go long or deep because once I'm done ringing up his order, I have to move on to the next one. So number one, how do I find out if he's even gay? I don't just want to full out ask and embarrass myself. And number two, how do I know if he's interested? Well, my experienced unexpert advice would be my first instinct was to, um, you know, for some reason, I think that it's a coffee stand and not a check stand. So I think that this person, you probably know their first name and you can probably sort of um, look them up slash stalk them on social media and figure out who they are that way. And then also, I think... I don't know if that's great advice, but that's <laughs> literally where my brain goes. And then that's what you would have done. Yeah. And then <laughs> I think you can also tell by the way somebody looks you in the eyes. Like, are they looking at you like they want something from you, like a little bit sexual? Or are they looking at you like they just want your attention because they're they just want your attention and they're friendly, right? Yeah. Is that is that weird? Yeah, I think you would know if somebody yeah, was interested think, yeah. because they'd flirt. Yeah. Right? Is he flirting because he's nice? Or is he just talking to you? Or maybe you're yeah. My my big suggestion is like, why don't you just like hang out with them and be friends? Why does it have to be romantic? Why does it why does it matter if he's gay or not? What if, if you you're feeling a pull towards him? Why don't you just say, Hey, let's have coffee? I'd love to just you seem cool. 
Because that's sort of what happened with Brett and I. I mean, I wasn't gay before, and no, <laughs> oh, please, no, no. <laughs> Give me a and break. that'll lead us into <laughs> what? 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 No. What do you think? Lead us into what? What we're going to talk about today? Well, no, we have. Well, we're not done with this. Okay, we got to finish talking to our listener. Okay. So I, my Stephen's advice is stalk him on on Instagram or Facebook. Not stalk, but just look into it, and it'll be very clear, very quickly the inst you know instantly you see well we also photos. don't know how old he is i mean he could oh, be like right. teenager or something and then my advice is why don't you just make friends yeah and then see what happens yeah it yeah. doesn't need to be so serious and maybe it's just fun to just have somebody that you look forward to like getting a cup of coffee and you're like oh, he's really cute and maybe it's just that <laughs> i love that you you went from a check stand to a coffee like well because what's a check stand <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> this guy could just be cashing his check. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, okay. so if you want relationship advice and dating advice from our completely unqualified, unexpert selves, but we're very experienced. <laughs> you want me to tell you what a check stand is? Yeah, what's a check stand? Okay, so I Googled it and it says a business or place where a podcaster ser podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've been here too long. A business or place where a product or service can be purchased, also called point of purchase. So like... The checkout counter. Mm. Got it. But it's very vague. So he could Check be checking stand. out anything. Is your is your listener like British? It sounds like a British thing to say. Oh, maybe he, I don't think he's American. American. Yeah, maybe they're not American. Okay. Mm. Or, all right. Well, well, it's the same thing. <laughs> check, coffee. So a, a check stand is where someone goes to check things out. Got it. And it sounds like he's it sounds checking, like you're checking things him out. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if right. you want relationship and dating advice from our completely unexpert selves, DM us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands or email us. Steven, I can't read that. Oh. Uh, or email us on broadwayhusbands.com and we just might choose your question for the next episode. Also, to guarantee you receive our advice, consider becoming a patron on Patreon and you can join us live to ask your question. All right. On today's episode, we are going to tell you our coming out stories. Hey. So as you've heard, we're called the Broadway Husbands, so that means we are gay. And um, there was, <laughs> I don't know if there was like a particular moment in my life that I really knew I was gay. Um, let's, so let's kind of go through like, let's just start with our earliest gayest memory. Earliest gayest memory. What's your I mean, earliest gayest memory? Well, like, what does that mean? Does that mean like, <laughs> like when's the moment you were like, ooh, he's cute. I like that. Um... I mean, oh, I definitely can remember. I don't know. I'm I can to, remember. Go ahead. We were doing Gypsy. Okay. At the Port Arthur Little Theater in mm -hmm. Port Arthur, Texas. And the boy playing Tulsa. Right. I just was like infatuated. I was like eight. And I would just stare at him and follow him around like a puppy dog. And he... I, I mean, it, it must have been pretty obvious at that point. This little boy's like following Tulsa around. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Do you have a memory like that? I don't have a memory of like that kind of thing when I was younger, but I have memories or I have memories of um, different like actors. You know, like I was like obsessed with Dave Charvet from Baywatch. <laughs> I guess like, <laughs> yes. I'm definitely gay because I 
Yes. Gay I just want to be like in a red bathing suit next to him. <laughs> um, and, the, you know, and, and I was, there was a bunch of people on Melrose Place that I was like totally obsessed with. Um, in real life, though, I, I think it was a little trickier. I mean, but like was, when you got older, when did you actually start to like come to terms with it? When's the first time you told somebody? I think the first time I told somebody, I was 15 years old. I told my friend Jen Porteous because um, I, I had a crush on two people. I At the time, I was dancing at the School of American Ballet, and I used to go to see the ballet every single night because I wanted to be a ballet dancer. And um, so there were two dancers in particular that I had like huge crushes on. And I told my friend Jen Porteous that I thought, I was gay because I liked this or had a crush on somebody who I didn't know that I saw from afar. Um, and that was the first time I How ever- How old were you again? Like 15. 15. And, um, and then quickly after that, I went back in the closet. Um, you know, so that was kind of like my story. Like I would come out and then I would kind of go back in. But why would you go back in? Because I, I guess like shame, embarrassment. It's really interesting because I grew up in an environment where you'd think that it would be pretty um, accepted, but I just really didn't feel comfortable at all, like with it. So I just went back in, dated girls, pretended like I didn't say that and didn't happen. And I did a similar thing where I, I remember I was 13. I told my mom, I think I liked boys. And she said, you're too young to know. You need to go to church. You need to pray about it. And yeah, crazy. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm too young to know. Even though 13 is like when you know a lot of things and um, no matter who you are. And um, so I went, so I did the same similar thing where I kind of went back in. I, I talked to people about it and I was so unhappy because everyone was so horrible to me. Like, the, you know, the church and it was just in the South, you know? So I went back in the closet yeah. and I dated girl, quote unquote, dated girls, meaning we drove around and listened to Les Mis in the car and like, maybe I'd feel a boob, but like, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. But then when did you actually, like, accept it? Hmm. When did I accept it? I think I accepted it probably when I was, not until I was, like, 21. 
That's so crazy it's to me. So weird. I mean, I to think to be that, in the ballet yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, it was like in the ballet world. I've lived in New York since I was twelve. I just never felt um, like I thought that it would. I think it. I don't know. I, I just didn't feel comfortable. I don't know if it was with myself or if it was just I didn't want people to know. And I was a. I think that I always felt like if I said that I was gay, people would always say oh he's that gay guy hmm. and i never wanted to be known as that i was you're to the be... only gay guy in the ballet no 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 <laughs> no, no, no no but i mean you know what i mean like i always felt like once people came out or identified as gay you know i just always thought like that's then that's all they were about and like i wanted to be about everything like i didn't want to just be about like oh i'm gay and like now I'm just going to talk about this. So I think I don't I'm not saying it was a good thing, but I just think that I it just wasn't comfortable. It yeah. took me a long time to be comfortable. I was afraid of people judging me. I was afraid of what my parents would say. Um, so I, you know, I kept it from them and lied, you know. <laughs> I mean, I th I feel like you're pretty lucky though because you weren't living with them, so you didn't yeah. have to tell them. It was them. easy for me not to tell them, so I didn't. Because I had this struggle where I was living with them yeah. and my brothers, I had three brothers who all like w were so straight and football players and baseball players and and the pressure was on, you know, to be what they were. And I was not interested in any of the things, literally any of the things they were interested in. And I remember just the pressure I would feel to try to normalize myself. And so I was you know, quote unquote, back in the closet. But then I would like, I got on the thespian state board and I was doing drama club and I was doing choir. I mean, come on. And I was doing dance competitions. I mean, hello. And, and yet I was trying to like, oh yeah, I'm just like a creative <clears throat> type guy, whatever. But then when I would go to those places, I would go to those like conventions or the camps or whatever, there would be other gay people there. And I would be so excited to actually be able to be myself for just like two days before I'd have to go back to Orange, Texas and be like this thing that I wasn't. And yeah. it was horrible. I mean, it was like for four years I had to pretend I was something I wasn't. And I just remember like there was this moment in my senior year of high school where I was playing Joseph in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat okay. at the Beaumont. <laughs> community players and I was very proud to be the lead and there was a guy in the cast who was in college and he was clearly openly gay and this is 1997 six and um and he would listen to he had all the cast recordings of everything. I remember I loved that. I thought it was so cool. He had the London cast recording of uh, Children of Eden. And I love Children of Eden. And he had like all these different cast recordings. And we would listen to, you know, we'd compare the different London casts to the Brit the Broadway casts. And he would, it was so silly. And my mom saw me hanging out with this guy. And she came up to me and she said, you know, in my room one day, and she was like, my senior of high school, what's going on with you and this gay thing? And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I am. I just had come to terms with it. I was like, whatever, I didn't care anymore. And she started crying and she said, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. 
this is worse than when my father died. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. And I was 17 and I, I don't know where I had the wherewithal to say this, but I was like, this has nothing to do with you. You said that? Yeah. Oh wow. Good. And she's like crying in front of me. I said, this has nothing to do with you. This is March of my senior year of high school. And I, I had booked my first professional gig at Galveston Island after musicals. And there's like several people that I worked with that summer who I'm still friends with, who are still in, in the community. And, and I remember I just could not wait to get to that moment where I was like, gonna go and like do what I was supposed to be doing my whole life. And my, I didn't really talk to my mom like those last like two months before uh, I graduated. And then the night of graduation, I drove to Galveston and started rehearsals at this thing. And I remember there was a guy there who was the music director who's since passed. And he was like a mentor of mine that summer. And I remember talking to him about my family and how upset I was. I wasn't really talking to them and we'd all been very close. And this is the best advice he ever gave me. This is for all you guys listening. He said, you know, when you come out and if you care about the people you come out to, it becomes your responsibility to educate them. And he said, your parents just don't know anything. It's called ignorance. And you need to help educate them so they have an, a choice. And he recommended a book, which we'll put in the show notes. It's called The Family Heart. And I read this book and I called my mom. I said, if I send you this book, will you read it? I sent it to her. She read it. She called me and she said, she's crying. She's like, I never understood that it wasn't a choice. Like... I, and she just all of a sudden got it. Mm. I mean, there's been a lot of growth that's had, to, <laughs> I know. as you know, had to happen <laughs> since. But yeah. that was a huge deal for me because they were, I was, you know, I'm so yeah. close to my family. Yeah. Um, but the coming out story was like really rough at that time. And I feel like you're, in, in one way, you're really lucky because you weren't kind of subjected to that pressure, but you had this other pressure. Well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't subjected to that pressure, but I had some sort of internal pressure and I think it manifested its way into other issues in my life. But, um, you know, I just never felt comfortable. And then I finally told my brother, I think when I was like 20 or 21, and then I know that we both told my dad together. Um, and then my dad said, well, we can't tell your mother. Don't worry, we won't tell her. <laughs> and so we never told my mom for the longest time. So, and then I was like pretty open with most everyone except my mom. And then um, I was like 23. I was going through a lot of um, emotional <laughs> problems at the time. And I called my mom because I was upset about something um, and I was crying. And uh, she said to me, <laughs> You know, Stephen, I think everything would just be better for you if you just got a girlfriend. And I kind of flipped out and I said, Mom, I have a boyfriend. I'm gay. Um, I didn't say it even that nicely. I think I said it with a little bit more bite. <laughs> um, and we then didn't talk for about two months. Um, and then eventually we started talking and it was a similar thing. She didn't and it wasn't that my mom didn't understand. She was in, I think, a, a huge denial. And I think that uh, her perspective is that it was all her fault. Like being gay is is wrong. Um, so, you know, that's taken a long time, obviously, to get over. Um, but my brother is a social worker. So he quickly bought her um, books. I don't know the titles of them. I will have to ask him. Um, 
And so she read them and, you know, we got through it and we got over it and, you know, and now they're very loving and they've always been loving, um, be very accepting. And they've always been accepting of Brett and I's relationship. But, you know, it's interesting. I think that most people, I think, I don't know. It was like, I felt like my whole thing, I couldn't come out for myself. Like I was just not, Mm -hmm. it was really weird. I think it's like, I, I, I don't know. It was like, then I'm going to be known for that or like, I, I don't know. What well, that's the thing when was. you're that young, that's what people do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's so hard to be young and know who you are mm-hmm. and know what you want to do. Right. I mean, that was the thing I always ran against was people would be like, you wouldn't take me seriously. Or when I said, no, this is what I want to do. And, right. and I think it's really hard. I, I can't imagine. I th- a lot of people say it's, want to say it's so much easier and yeah, it, it's easier for people now because there's an open dialogue about being gay in the public forum. Right. But I don't know that like internally, like even if I grew up today, that right. it would be, I would have Any an different. easier because the shame is, is still there. It's still, it's still, I guess it depends on where and who you're around all the time, but, but you know, culturally, culturally, I think our yeah. culture teaches us to feel ashamed. I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a collective thing that, it's just a slow process. It's just of a slow changing. process. Yeah, for sure. But that's one of the reasons why we wanted to start this yeah. podcast and start doing what we're doing is to sort of help eliminate a lot of that shame because we get it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to come to terms with it. And then it took me a, a while to tell people. And then it took them a while to get over it and, and accept me. And yeah, I think you have to really be cautious of who you talk to and mm-hmm. who you trust. And but I think it's important that the only way I believe the only way shame is eliminated is by putting voice to it. Mm-hmm. So finding someone you trust, finding somewhere to go to talk to, that was super powerful for me. Yeah, I think that I think that the reason why I had such a hard time was with it was because I didn't talk to people. Mm-hmm. I all I wanted to do was um, dance, and and I did at the time, and I was fortunate enough that like my life allowed me to kind of not talk, and I not I didn't talk for you know many many hours a day, and I worked, and I was able to kind of push everything to the side um, until I wasn't. Um, so I think that that was like part of why it was so hard for me. I wasn't able to talk about it, and then I turned to other things that you know weren't maybe a healthy choice <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that maybe some other day um you know so yeah find people that you trust find a community find a community go to a therapist if you're able to see a therapist um you know but yeah. i but it is important that if you if you are in a safe place where you're not risking yourself or anybody else to be open about it because i think it's important that the only way we're going to dispel the collective conscious of shame that exists and sort of permeates our culture is by openly speaking up and supporting other people who are in our community. And just know that your voice matters. I think that that's part of always my issue is that I just feel like my voice doesn't really matter. I think that's something that always goes on in my head. Like, I don't really have anything important to say. People don't really want to hear from me, but you know, I mean, whether or not they do, I, I, I don't know if they do or not, but, but, you know, it, it, get out there, talk to people, create a community, find the people who will accept you. And, um, your voice matters. Your, does it, it matters to me? <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, those are the demons inside my head a lot of the time. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so that's our episode for today. If you like this, make sure you subscribe and go out there. Love who you love. And love what you do. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.